John Witherow, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today, Freedom and the Digital Revolution. Um, we've been in conversation with James Murdoch and Professor uh, Doffner. Do you think that, that they are conflicting tensions, freedom and the digital revolution? Yeah, I think, I think we're really at a cusp. Um, in many ways, what's happening with the digital revolution, on the face of it, appears to be good. It's the flow of information becoming far more accessible right across the world. Far more information, good quality information, the sort of information you, would have not, you wouldn't have got before, uh, before this digital revolution happened, or if you, it was very hard to acquire. Now it's relatively easy to acquire if you're online. But tied up with that is we don't know where all this is going. Uh, we, we have to wonder, there's the debate about information, people putting up so much data about themselves online, which is there forever. And Facebook uh, is, is obviously one of the sites where this is happening. And ultimately, when all this information is up there, you've got to wonder, and as, as technology improves, what's going to happen to that information? You assume it's going to be used benignly, uh, but you can't be sure of that. And I think we've all got to be quite concerned that there's some, there's some sort of system in place that prevents this information being, being misused. Uh, and, and we have to be conscious of that because we've all read 1984. We know what can happen when information, there's too much information is in the hands of the wrong people. And we, I think we have to be concerned. But overall, at the moment, things just look great. Well, you are the man of the moment in terms of the, the pay model. You know, people talk about the naivety of newspapers going online, not charging, and thinking it would all work out for the good. Um, and uh, we have indeed heard James Murdoch talk about actually, you know, going out front, setting the, the trend and deciding it's time for people to pay. And, and um, are you pleased with the figures? Yeah, we put out figures today saying uh, that more than 100,000 people have paid to use the Times and the Sunday Times. And when you add in people on, with newspaper subscription, uh, it goes up to 200,000. Now, after only a few months and with very little marketing of this uh, in the traditional sense, uh, we're, we're very pleased. Um, frankly, if you'd said to me at the launch that, that by uh, the beginning of November we'd have that, many I'd, I'd have been delighted. But, you know, it's growing every day and we anticipate it'll grow more and it has to grow more. I mean, it's very early days. And ultimately, when we look at this in a year or two's time, uh, those figures, I hope, will be considerably higher. And you've got to remember, we're doing this in, in a marketplace where almost all our newspaper rivals put it out for free. Uh, and that makes our job that much harder. Now, if others were to follow by charging a modest sum uh, for access to their content, I think it would help us. And, and I hope in due course others will, because I think it is the right model, financial model, for the survival of newspapers and for a diversity of comment that we've, we've experienced in this country for many years. I think it's a, it's a good system. It's a very competitive newspaper market, and there's a whole variety of views out there. We'd like that to continue. If we don't get this financial model right, the chances of that continuing into the indefinite future are getting increasingly remote. And that does, in fact, affect our digital freedom, doesn't it? Because with newspaper redundancies, you know, happening daily now and in their hundreds, um, you know, it, it is a crossroads for newspaper journalism. And, and to invest in journalists, to get good journalism, you have to have a paid-for model. 
I think so. And it's funny, people come to me looking for jobs in newspapers, and I say, get online, go and, go and join the, uh, the online part of the paper. Because, of course, that's where there, there is hiring going on. And it's true, news, print journalists are being laid off, luckily in our case, in very small numbers, and we hope to continue that. But until we get this financial model right, there's going to be, conti there's going to be continuing pressure on that. But I think we will get it right, in which case I intend fully that we'll continue to invest in journalism both in print, as long as it's a successful model, and particularly through apps and, and through online content. And, you know, when, when you get the paper online or you get an app, you're going to get an enhanced newspaper more than you get in print. So and it, the, the, the joy of it, it's cheaper and it's more. Uh, so for consumers, it's still a great deal. And I can hear the excitement in your voice because it's not necessarily a bad thing that we're not just at a crossroads, we're at a watershed now. But because actually, in, in terms of the tablet newspaper, in terms of the app newspaper, I mean, your, your audience can be global, they can be huge. It's a great moment in some respects. I think so. I, I, I tell our journalists, this is, this is the golden age of journalism. Don't get depressed. Of course, revolution creates turmoil and uncertainty and insecurity. But, but the potential here is massive. Uh, and, and all we need to do is get the financial model right. Then we can invest in journalism, which is ultimately what we want. We want to reveal stories. We want to show people what's going on. We want to describe the world, the contemporary of the world, in as, in, a, in as most authoritative and reliable way as we possibly can. And that requires investment. So we have to get it right. And does that require a diverse sector too? There was a lot of debate about the BBC. Uh, and, and, you know, we heard the same problems in Germany too, that in, in terms of you, you have a public sector, you have trusts, and, and then you have a, a, a commercial media too. It, it, it does need that balance, but it needs to get that balance right. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm a great admirer of the BBC, but my argument is that they were set up as a broadcaster, uh, which they've done a terrific job uh, for, for many years of doing. But they've now moved into becoming a publisher, uh, putting an awful lot of words online and essentially publishing a newspaper. Now, I regard that as anti-competitive because I think newspapers have to struggle to survive in this market. The BBC has a sustained flow, a high flow of income from the licence fee. And, I, and I'm quite happy for them to carry on being a broadcaster online. I just don't think they should be in the written word on such a large scale. And just finally, if, we, if you were to take a lesson from this riveting and revealing conversation that we've just had here, and it has crossed boundaries too because the problems we're facing domestically in Britain are the same problems they're facing in Germany, they're the same problems they're facing in, in China. What lesson would you take away with you? I'd say that the, the lesson is that this revolution is happening very fast. It's speeding up all the time. Uh, and, you know, we've got to be very, very nimble-footed to cope with it because the technology is racing ahead of, of our thinking and our journalism. And we have to be just just fast and, and, and uh, a kind of rapid reaction force. Well, uh, John Witherow, editor of Sunday Times, thank you ever so much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today, The Digital Revolution and Its Future, a symposium. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Great fun.